I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Liberation Radio is proud to present Newsweek contributor and host of This Is Revolution podcast, Pascal Robert. All right, everyone, welcome back to Liberation Radio. I am Rebecca. And I am Owen, coming at you from the beautiful Lower Bottoms, now in my brand new hammock. Good for you. And today, we have the privilege of speaking to Pascal Robert. He is an accomplished journalist, political commentator, and co-host of This Is Revolution podcast. Pascal, we just want to say thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to speak to you guys. Our pleasure. Our pleasure. So to start off with, for our listeners who may not be familiar with you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and the work that you do? Absolutely. I'm the co-host of a podcast called This Is Revolution Podcast, but most of my time as a writer, I've been writing for a publication known as the Black Agenda Report, which is a kind of black radical publication that was started by two former Black Panthers in the early millennium 
who were uh, interested in looking at black politics from a more radical left perspective. Both of these men were very much direct mentors and teachers of mine and gave me an understanding of what I call black radical critical analysis, which is the way in which we analyze black politics to look at it outside of the simple lens of reducing everything to simply being about racism, but challenging things from the question of how things like capitalism, imperialism, as well as other phenomenon affect communities of color, particularly black communities, because oftentimes what we find is that when you simply reduce things to racism, you sometimes neglect the way in which other institutional mechanisms within society have a role in actually disadvantaging communities that are more economically and socially on the margin. Amazing. A man after our own heart. Yes. I mean, uh, you talk about the black political class. Can you just define what that is for our listeners? Absolutely. The black political class is a social phenomenon as well as an institutional phenomenon. It is a reality that comes about largely because of this post-civil rights era, but it actually has antecedents that goes about into the early 19th century. Basically because the United States is a country that realized that it necessarily had the requirement of having black people in America somewhat dislocated from their ability to effectively implement their rights. There was a requirement to neutralize independent voices in the black community and reduce black people to a phenomenon called race relations. In other words, black people as a whole had to relate to white people as a whole. And one of the consequences of this race relations paradigm is that it forced and allowed the ruling class to choose what I call racial ventriloquists, people who were not really elected by the black community, but were chosen to be quote-unquote racial spokespeople, if you will. For example, when we hear things about the black leaders, I always ask, I'll ask your co-host, when do you get the ballot to choose the black leader that represents the issues of the black community? I never get the ballot. I don't know anyone else who gets that ballot. Never. But what seems to happen is that the ruling class and the media established always seems to have the capacity to pick an individual from this selected establishment to be the voice of this community who never does the choosing of who that voice happens to be. What the black political class is, is the assortment of not only political officials, but civil rights officials, media establishments, the black church, historically black fraternities and sororities, all of these social political and cultural institutions that act as the voice of the quote-unquote black community, if you believe there is such a thing as one black community, without having any real fiduciary responsibility to the opinions of the community, but are chosen by the ruling class to be that racial ventriloquist, often at the behest of the demands of the ruling class to the detriment of those actual black and brown communities. So that is the best way I could use to explain what the black political class represents. Wow. That was a lot to take in. I, that, was, that was a lot to take in. And that, that idea that the black political class isn't chosen by the people that they claim to represent mm -hmm. is so subversive because it means that the people who speak for you might be speaking for someone else. They almost always are speaking for someone else, and it's usually the person who has an agenda that doesn't work towards your best interest. Yeah. And that, in many cases, I suppose, would be 
uh, well, fine. social, it, it doesn't have economic. to be as malicious as the evil racist white man with right. the horns. Right, right. It could be financial institutions. It could be your banks. It could be the gentrifying, you know, commercial real estate developers. It could be the guys who represent the interests of those racist police officers that you don't like. The guys who represent the insurance company. It, it could be anyone that the black political class is beholden to for their patronage, which I pejoratively call fatback and biscuits that lines their pockets. <laughs> that keeps them in bed with the establishments that are not necessarily serving the interests of black and brown communities. Right. And and I've read uh, some pieces you've written in the past about black American politics being reactionary uh, in its relationship yes, to, very... to racism. And so I, I'm yes. curious about that. Can you explain that to us? One of the consequences of the sad tragedy that racism being such a an endemic reality in the lives of black people in America is that our politics are almost always reacting to the racist treatment that we receive from aspects of the white establishment or individuals in white society. So one of the consequences of always reacting to racism is that it doesn't allow black politics to be a long-term strategic one based on economic and social realities, but it's kind of like this kind of like on the moment, on the fly thing that's always reacting to the hottest offense of the second. And if you actually look at everything that's happened in the last 10 years, from Trayvon Martin to police shootings, you'll see how black politics is always reacting to the hottest, latest image that you see on Facebook. But there's never any time in which black politics becomes proactive in addressing long-term strategies as to how exactly the material realities that affect the conditions of black people's lives who are disproportionately working class and working poor needs to be addressed instead of having this black political class fulfill this charade of representing their interests. Mm. And by being reactive in that way, it kind of means that the answer is only ever two-dimensional. You know, like, oh, we solved this racist problem for you. Go away. Don't ask for anything else. There you go. That's a very good way of looking at it. I agree completely. So what conditions do you think are, are necessary for real black liberation? That's a very good question. The question becomes, when you say real black liberation, liberation from what exactly? Mm. I often hear black people say we need to get our freedom. What exactly are we being free from? Black people aren't picking cotton as slaves as they were in the past. For me, the institution that is the biggest obstacle to black people's effective liberation is capitalism. Mm. Why? Because capitalism as an economic model requires a term that we use, and this is revolution, it's a fancy word to say, it requires a surplus labor requirement. What does that mean? There's always got to be a faction of labor in capitalism that ain't going to be able to find no work, that ain't going to be able to get no job, that ain't going to be able to succeed. There's got to be an X factor of people in American society that's got to be relegated to, quote unquote, brokenness if you will, or the bottom. And in a capitalist society, the part of the problem is because we live in a racially binary society, that minority is going to be racialized. Why? Because if 60 to 65 percent of the population who are white realize that they were at the same level of the proportion as blacks being relegated to the N-word status, they would rebel. So in other words, to be crass about it, capitalism requires an N-word factor in order to relegate or disproportionately have the economic harm of poverty 
put upon that community because if the majority of blacks realize that there are more white people in America that are poor than black people. That's actually a fact. It's just that disproportionately, the proportions are higher among black people. Because capitalism is racialized in that way, if we actually had a situation where we had white people feeling the brunt of harm of capitalism the same way black people did, they would rebel. Not that socialism is going to end racism, but socialism, in my opinion, ends the capacity of having racists have the material power over the means of production so that they can implement their racism economically in the lives of everyone in society. So in other words, in my economic model, black people who represent 14% of the population, they control 14% of the media production, of the television production, of the corporations, of the oil production, of all of the means of production that actually generate wealth and resources in this society that can protect themselves from having other communities totally have wholesale control of those means of production and use them in a way that discriminates against their interests. That's the dream. That's the dream. You'll find no friends of capitalism here at all. Um, This idea, it sort of sounds like, you know, people are being held in place just because they're one rung above someone else on the ladder rather than than looking a bit higher and and expecting a bit more from their society, they look around and go, oh, well, you know, you're not as bad as so-and-so, so that's fine. You should be happy. That's correct. That's the that's just, that's the nature of capitalist hierarchy. Yeah. Everything is okay as long as your foot is on somebody else's neck. Yeah. And what we're saying is that listen, stop looking at the guy whose foot your neck is on and stop looking at the guy whose foot is above all of your necks. And why does something like eighty five to ninety percent of the wealth in our society have to be in the hands of less than ten percent of the population? There's enough wealth and resources on the planet to allow everyone to live a quality of dignified life. So why do we have to have a world where we have less than 20% of the planet sucking up all of the resources when we can have a more equitable means of distribution to make sure that we have a quality of life that provides healthcare, food, services, education for more people in a more equitable fashion. So to add to Rebecca's question, it sounds like you're saying that real black liberation starts or at least involves the community expecting more to start with. I think expecting more is one thing. Expecting different things is a better way of looking at it. In other words, my position is this. I'm not saying that you should have no problem with racism. You should not in any way accept someone treat you racistly, in a racist way. But what you should do is be more interested in taking away the material and economic and social tools that give that person the ability to have his racism affect your ability to live, get a job, have your image affect you negatively in how you view yourself, your ability to get health care, your ability to get food. So instead of simply worrying about complaining about how he treats you, let's find a way so the economic power tools in his capacity to adversely affect you are not monopolized by him and they have to be distributed in a way so that you get your fair share so that your equity in the system is protected so that his racial bias or not does not affect your quality of life so does that is that what revolution looks like in the modern era is that what you're saying like that's the goal of revolution in my if you ask me that is the goal yes there is no revolution without challenging capitalism. Mm-hmm. And, and do you think that we'll see 
that needle move or any of that kind of progression in our time? I don't time? think that we should base our temerity and anger and strength and clarity on what we may or may not see, but we should base it on what we demand. Mm-hmm. We'll see it as much as we demand I love that. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. I really appreciate doing this. If you guys want to do this one more time, give me some advance notice and I'd love to come on again. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right, brother. Peace. Peace, sister. You've been listening to Liberation Radio. Join us next week when Owen and Rebecca sit down with Shayla Jamerson, community cultivator, activist, and founder of So Oakland. All right, folks. That's our show. Thanks all for tuning in. What the hell? Wait, turn off the microphone. Gotta go, y'all. This might be the end of Liberation Radio. FBI, open up. Is that? Yep, that's Chuck. Shit. Yeah, shit. It's fine. Nothing we're not ready for. You're right. Just, just didn't think it'd be so soon. Play along, play nice. Okay. Be cool. What's up, Chuck? Doors unlocked. Take it all. Transmitters, phones, computers, drives, everything. Was all that banging really necessary? If we knew you were bringing company, we'd have cleaned up a bit or had some snacks ready. Ah, my hair's a mess. Rebecca Cooper, I'm Special Agent Chuck Evans. On behalf of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, I'm seizing all electronic devices here as evidence for an ongoing investigation. Oh, my warrant, in case you were interested. You actually did something legal for once. Good for you. A real good step in the right direction. Who are your other friends here with the funny badges? Federal Communications Commission, the FCC. We're finally shutting down this pirate radio shit show. Oh, here's the court order for that, too. I've got to agree with Rebecca. You're really dotting the I's and crossing the T's today. Hey, Pete. Yep. Owen Edwards, meet Pete. He's from Immigration and Customs Enforcement. Oh, ICE. Correct. He's the officer who'll be detaining you for deportation. Don't worry, he's got an arrest warrant ready. Show it to him, Pete. Yep, here you go. Owen! No worries, Rebecca, I'm a big boy. Mr. Pete, do I get to wear those handcuffy things? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, hold on, let me put out this cigarette. Turn around for me, would you? You're a good egg, Pete. Even if you didn't read me my Miranda rights. What rights? You're an illegal alien. You don't get the privilege of Miranda rights. Okay, where is he being held? Owen, I'll pay your bill as soon as I can. Oh, afraid not. According to Agent Evans, he's a flight risk. No bond will be granted. Sorry, Becky. Looks like you're SOL. You know, shit out of luck. Guess it's time you got a job. Good work, ladies and gents. Let's wrap it up. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn. 
alliances will shift and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Another day, another memory loss. At least I'm in my bed this time. Come in, come in! Rebecca, what's going on? Everything okay? No, it's not. Can I sit down? Uh, Of course. They got Owen. He's gone. Who? ICE, FBI, even the fucking FCC. They shut down the radio station. Oh my god. Look, I'm here because I'm out of options. Okay, I can't trust anyone right now. Honestly, I don't trust you either, but with the way things have been going, you're my last resort. Um, thanks? Look, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm a little on edge. What I meant to say is, I know I can trust you as my friend, right? Of course. I need your help as a friend. Were you on your way out? No. Why? You're all dressed up. Shit, she's right. Heels and a dress? And this isn't even my dress. It's Savannah's. Huh? These blackouts just keep getting weirder. Oh, yeah, I was just going through old clothes to see what still fits. But that's Savannah's dress. I was there when she bought it. Uh, it's not like she'll be using it anytime soon. That's not what your grandma just told me. She said Savannah's on her way to recovery. Well, well, okay, let's just get back to the topic at hand. You said you need help with something. Yeah, let's go. I'll explain once we're on the train. Damn. All right. Once we got to the MacArthur Bart station, we hopped on a southbound train. Now we're sitting in the back of the car away from everyone. I knew I shouldn't get involved in her shit, but it's the first time I've ever seen Rebecca so stressed. Weird how she and I are in the same boat right now. Both unsure of who to trust, both trapped playing a game with no clear rules. Our journeys might be parallel, but they should never intersect. So this stays between us, all right? All right. Okay, for the last couple of weeks, Owen's been trying to convince me that someone in our circle turned into a snitch. Look, I didn't want to believe it, but this FBI raiding Liberation Radio proves he was right. Hold on. So I get why the FCC would shut down a pirate radio station. It even makes sense that ICE would deport Owen, but why would the FBI be so invested? Of course I know why. Chuck told me himself. 
Rebecca and Owen are cyber terrorists. And it wasn't so long ago that I nearly helped them. God knows I am in no place to judge. Well, someone from your clan has made it his personal business to bring us down. I mean, not that it matters. They won't find any incriminating evidence on those computers, dumbasses. Anyway, there's only three people who knew just enough to get us shut down. I'm going to confront each of them. I want you to come with me, suss out who's lying. Help me nail this shirt. Me? What am I supposed to do, waterboard them? Pull off their fingernails? And how does any of this help Owen? Now, this isn't about Owen. I mean, that's a separate endeavor. This is about cleaning house. The look on her face tells me she's not messing around. I'll go with her, if only to make sure she doesn't run into any trouble. Our stop. Let's go. I don't think we're allowed inside the cafe during construction. Yeah, we're not going inside. The patio around back. Come on. The back patio resists is a pretty sad sight. Dead grass and debris scattered everywhere. A few lawn chairs, wobbly tables, and... Ernie? Rebecca! Beulah! Welcome to my new outdoor office. Uh, you ever think that maybe you're a little too attached to this place? Eh, I'm a creature of habit, what can I say? I can't believe there's still Wi-Fi here. Are you using a foot massager? Oh, hell yeah. Oh. Wanna try? No, Ernie, thank you. Eh, you're missing out. So, what are you two doing here? <sighs> we don't have a lot of time, so I'll just cut straight to the chase. Ooh, sounds serious. Owen was taken by ice this morning. They're gonna deport him. Not a resident, Brit. Yeah, I saw the whole thing go down. I was right here when they went into the radio station. Yeah, but there's something else. The FBI were also tipped off. Did you know that? Like I said, I was sitting here when they stormed in, so yeah, I figured something was up. Yeah, something was definitely up. That's why I need your complete honesty. Have you been talking to the FBI? What? Or maybe you accidentally let yourself get flagged. Maybe they put something in your computer and figured out what it is that I was asking you to look into. I can't even, like, I'm not... I mean, you can talk freely in front of Beulah. No, you have my permission. Do I really? Gee, thanks for that, boss lady. Look, I didn't... How dare you? It's bad enough you come here throwing around accusations of disloyalty, but to suggest that I am anything less than a brilliant and discreet computer architect, that is where I draw the line. I've got a reputation to uphold, and I don't appreciate your wild theories of my supposed incompetence. Now, this piece of blackmail you wanted for you-know-who, I'm this close to getting it, and you know why? Because I am diligent, patient, and very fucking clever. I've broken into the most complicated and sophisticated cyber networks in the world, from Russia to Brazil to China, you name it, and I've hacked it. I was cracking codes when you two were still filling fucking diapers with, like, poopy. Yeah, I was part of the original Anonymous before they were co-opted as a PSYOP, and yet you have the nerve to come here and question my integrity, skill, and commitment? Wow, I always thought you were sending phishing scams or something. Yeah, show us what you know. And, and I thought you'd be smarter than this, Beulah. But you let yourself be used by my so-called friend as, what, an attack dog? No, get out of my office. Both of you. Right. Let's go, Beulah. Look, I'm, I'm sorry, Ernie. It's not personal. I just, I'm trying to get to the bottom of this. Yeah, kiss my ass. I don't think Ernie's your guy. Yeah, me either. I mean, he'll get over it, though. Where to next? Uh, our next victim is at the dive bar down the street next to Esther's orbit. So what blackmail was Ernie talking about? 
I mean, it's not exactly blackmail. It's just a piece of information that could damage and tarnish the reputation of the FBI. I mean, one agent in particular. I mean, I told you before, it's personal with this guy. You gonna tell me who? If you really want to know, Special Agent Charles Evans. Chuck. Oh, you know him. I mean, I know of him. Small world, huh? <laughs> you really gotta drop this act. I know you're working with Chuck. Shit. I should have known not to underestimate her. I was wrong about the two of us being in the same boat. She's always two steps ahead. Can't let my guard down. If you really believe that, then why would you bring me with you? Like I said, I need your help. Plus, I know you're not gonna say shit to him. I'm not? Nope. How do you know that? Oh, this is the place right here. Welcome in, ladies. Rebecca wasn't kidding. This is definitely a dive bar. No windows and the stale odor of cigarettes. Not a happy scene. And no dive bar is complete without a couple of day-drinking barflies in. Poppins? Eula, you remember Poppins? Couldn't forget him if I tried. And trust me, I've tried. Hard. Rebecca, what the hell? You didn't say anything about bringing her. Look, the three of us need to talk about something very important. Oh, shit. At least let me get another drink first. Hey, bartender? Bartender, could you give me another PBR? Here. Call me bartender one more time. I'll kick your skinny ass to the curb. Hey, hey man, we're, we're, we're cool. I, I'm, I'm at no offense. Why do I always get treated like a gentrifier when I've been in the bottoms for, like, three years? Who knows? And not a lot of newcomers can say they've been shot by OPD. Where's my hood pass at? Ugh, you want a hood pass for being an idiot? <laughs> That's gold. So says the cop. How's it feel to be a deep state shill? All right, you two, stop it. We're not here to talk about that. Let's, um, let's move over to a table in the back, all right? So what is this all about? Owen's getting deported. I took him earlier today. I know. Assholes. Man, I, I wish I could have been there. How can I help? Wait, are you asking me to take over as co-host on Liberation Radio? Absolutely not. I just need you to tell the truth. No lies, no jokes. Have you been informing for the FBI? FBI? Seriously, me of all people? Yes or no, Poppins? See this? This wound is physical proof of my dedication to the cause. As far as I can tell, I'm the only one around here who's really sacrificed anything. What about Savannah? Owen, their sacrifices don't count, I guess. Whatever. I'm not an informant. Not now, not ever. Well, listen, somebody's been talking. What do you expect when you hang around little Miss Piedmont over here? Oh, fuck off, fuck Poppins. Off. As much as I dislike him, Poppins is the last person I'd expect to snitch. I mean, this guy lives and breathes the all cops are bastards credo. Rebecca, I, I hate to say it, but I actually think he's telling the... Uh, telling the what? Beulah? Oh, what is this? I'm suddenly so dizzy and light. Beulah, are you okay? Uh-oh. Here comes the darkness. Rebecca, where are we? What do you mean? We're on a bus. Shit, 
another blackout. That's twice in one day. And it's the first time I've had one with another person around. And judging from the fact that the sun is now down, I must have been out for a while. She must know something's up, but I've got to play this cool. Of course I know we're on a bus. I meant what neighborhood? Uh, that's Lake Merritt, right there. Yeah, it sure is. <laughs> I must be blind. Oh no, it's Poppins who's blind after what you did. Is she serious? Did I hurt the guy? Oh no. Must play it cool. Yeah, right, he's fine. You're right, he is such a drama queen. <laughs> so, um, you really think it's him, huh? There's no way he's a rat. Huh? But you literally called him a two-faced rat to his face. And then you dumped a beer on his head. I did? But why would I say that? If Poppins is your guy, where are we going now? I told you. You might be sure about Poppins, but I need to check everyone out before I make any conclusions. You know, you've been acting extra weird today. It's almost like you... Like I what? I mean, it's funny. There were a few times you kind of just reminded me of Savannah. You're right. That is funny. This is it. Our last stop. It's gonna hurt more than the others. I've been here before. I doubt that. Basil lives here. But it feels so familiar. Why? I can't explain what I'm feeling right now. I just know it's not good. Come on, let's get this over with. Can I get Ida you something to drink? Basil's place is pretty clean and orderly for a guy who lives alone. For a starving artist barista, a place near Lake Merritt must be a fortune. Not sure what I was expecting, but it's not this. Nope, nothing for me, Basil. I'll have a glass of water. Coming right though. So what brings you here unannounced? One glass of water for Miss Beulah. Thanks. I care about you, Basil. A lot. <laughs> Don't tell me you're breaking up with me. I want to know what you've been doing. Not sure I understand what you mean. You sell jewelry at the cafe and work behind the counter part-time? Yet you don't live in the bottoms. You don't seem to want for much. My parents support me, you know this. I know that's what you told me. It's true. Yeah, maybe it is. But can you explain why I saw an FBI agent leaving your house earlier? Yeah, that's right. I came by this morning after the raid, only to see the man responsible for it shaking your hand. Chuck was here? He came over and questioned me. Ask questions about you, Rebecca. Yeah, I'm not finished. A few minutes after he left, guess who showed up? Yeah, that's right, my best friend, Beulah Rhodes. Let what? me explain. I saw Beulah looking like a ghost, wearing Savannah's dress, and it clicked. Basil's FBI. Rebecca, I'm not an FBI agent. Maybe it's just the stress of everything that's happened catching up to you now. Uh, oh, please, just stop. Gaslighting? Really? You two have been collaborating the whole time. I trusted you, Basil. Are you even Jamaican? Of course I'm Jamaican. Yeah, you're pretty slick is what you are. You know, I've got to admit, my bullshit reader is usually so good, too. But you got me. 
Have y'all been sleeping together? I would never do that. But I can't deny it, can I? I woke up in Savannah's dress. I can't account for my time. Rebecca's right. There's nothing I can do but tell the truth. Rebecca, I haven't been well. Really. I've been having these blackouts. I, I can't All right, explain. enough of the lies, Beulah. All day long, I waited for you to tell me the truth. To come clean, this trip wasn't even about Poppins and Ernie. What's about you and me? Friends, right? Thought I'd give you one more chance before I cut ties. Rebecca, please, please, I don't remember coming here. Yeah, it was nice of you to play along with the Find the Rat game. Guess the game's over now, isn't it? You know, this is the last time I speak to you. Ever. Stay away from me. Oh my God. Beulah, you okay? No, what is, I'm definitely not okay. I need you to tell me what the hell is going on right now. Okay, she's gone. There's no need to pretend P anymore. Pretend? Pretend what? The night at the storage locker earlier today, I, I blacked out, that's the truth. I know you take your cover very seriously. I totally get it. But aren't you relieved that everything is out in the open now? Come on, give me a hug. Get off me. Are you listening to me? What is all of this between me and you? This was our job. I feel bad Rebecca got hurt, but it's done. Chuck confirmed it earlier. He's got everything he needs. Now you and I can finally move on with our lives, get out of Oakland and start over. You have no idea how crazy this sounds to me right now. This is bananas. I barely even know you. Look, is this your attempt to deal with your guilt over the bomb? Bo bomb? What? I agreed to throw it because you couldn't have it on your conscience. What was the point if you were still going to feel bad anyway? You bombed Resist Refuse Cafe? Yes. And you built it. Not a very good one, but good enough. Wow. Look, I'll give you some space. Figure your shit out. You know where to find. Oh, hold on, I have a question. Why is Chuck so obsessed with Rebecca and Owen? What's she up to that's so dangerous? Really? Beulah, you're the one who briefed me on this. Just tell me. California independence. State secession. They want California to become its own sovereign country. So you see, we're the good guys. Good? You said we're the good guys? Basil, we bombed the cafe. A man died. And for what? Ask Chuck about that one. What do you mean? He ordered it. Didn't say why. Neither of us wanted to do it, but it's not our job to question others. This is way more messed up than I could have imagined. And something tells me this isn't over, despite Basil's optimism. In fact, it feels like the beginning of something, not the end. Rebecca's not gonna stop. Quitting isn't in her DNA. And now for some reason, there's one question swirling in my mind so loud I can almost hear it. What would Savannah do? I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, 
why and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.